How you doing, you beautiful people? Welcome to the Friday Night Podcast for Friday, July 15th, 2022. Oh my god, I got my first exam in freaking 11 days. What a nightmare. And I still haven't learned... No, no, I still have not really exactly prepared myself for it, so, uh... So, uh, you know, you, you know, I gotta learn. I gotta, I gotta do some learning. I do. I gotta do, do some study, for sure. Um, ah, uh, dude. Ah, uh, <laughs> I'm so not looking forward to that. Now, it'll be an oral exam, actually, my first oral exam, um, uh, for the language course, so, but thankfully, what the most important, um, criteria I suppose that they will be checking for is um, my English you know do I sound English or do I sound shaman right um, I think I sound quite decent right I like to think so for sure and uh, yeah so that's gonna be quite a bit of fun hopefully um and then I got another two. One of them is a is me redoing the one that I failed uh, the semester before. So that sucks. Even though I really thought that I had it in the bag easily, but apparently I failed. That that's like the biggest mystery ever to me. How I flunked that apparently. What? It's like did they mix them up? I don't even know because they never like give this shit back so I could I could take a look at it you know there's some real scumbag shit going on over there I'm telling you I don't like this shit cause you know that's not how it was in freaking school you always got the test back and you could see the corrections you could see what you did right you could see what you did wrong but I'm not able to do this shit anymore I, I, I don't it's, it's annoying it's very very upsetting I, I, I gotta tell you you know and then there's another one um so basically, uh, the, the one that I got to retake is in education science. And the last one, which will be on August 9th, uh, is going to be about the structure of English plus sociophonetics and sociolinguistics. And I know what you're thinking. Uh, you know, I wasn't exactly the biggest fan of linguistics that is very very true and apparently that there's going to be a lot in this semester uh, in the there's a lot in this course uh so uh like you really should learn it like big time apparently um so i i got i guess i gotta get on that one too that's uh, pretty annoying pretty annoying i gotta tell you um uh, anyways in the language course um, we'll be talking about whether the FIFA World Cup 2022 in Qatar should be boycotted or not. You know, that's, that's the, one of the, well, there are multiple topics to choose from, right? And if I just take a look, I'll try, um, reading all of them out loud so that you guys can hear. All the selection of topics, right? Because there's a bunch of interesting topics in there that I actually could talk about on the podcast, right? Because I, I, I'm not, I don't really feel like talking about anything 
really like because I don't really have anything interesting to tell so I could I guess just get into a couple of stories here and there and to I guess make this kind of a Q&A of how I look at some of these things or whatever you know what I mean now let me see what I can find this right I, I, I might uh, hopefully I'll be able to find this um uh okay i think i know okay it's it's not here it's not here where to find it but it might be should be hopefully hold on it's gonna take a give me a give me a sec all right let me find this beauty okay i've logged myself in Okay, so it should be final exam. Oh, no, no, no. This is a different one. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so select my course. Uh, where is he? This one. Was it? Uh huh. Um, where the heck? Where did I, where did I get it? Where, where the top? Oh, wait, what? This, oh yeah, okay, okay, good. I found it, sorry. All right, so there are eight topics, right? Uh, first topic, social media, blessing or curse in the English classroom. Second question, that's a, I think that's a really interesting question, actually. Now, the in the classroom part, um, that's kind of, um, that, that makes the, the, the discussion a little weird because you should, you could essentially go of how like, um, social media impacts, um, students inside the classroom, how the, the dynamic then changes. That could be a thing or how, so, I don't know. You could like really stretch that topic out, which is like, um, that's, that's, I don't like that it's so precise but in the English classroom. I, I would have much rather have it be um, social media, blessing or curse. But anyways, it's in the English classroom. Second question, what does it mean in today's world to defend democracy? Now that is quite a complicated issue because essentially you're bound to talk about... Um, you know, because... Everybody, if it seems like everybody's understanding of democracy is different in a way. And it's like, what are the lines? What can democracy do and what can it not? And the way democracy works in general. I mean, there's multiple democracies, different types of democracies out there. Like in Germany, we have a parliament with different parties. Um... And those um, politicians inside those parties were elected by us, the citizens of Germany. But there's also, um, which, I mean, there's also in America, it's different there. For instance, we don't have, uh, you know, inside the parties, they actually vote for the um, chancellor and uh, German president right here in Germany. But in America, you guys got uh, the electoral the electoral college. You got the Republicans and Democrats, and 
you know, they're running and some of them run for governor and all that. Well, I mean, that also exists in Germany, governors, of course. Um, uh, no, mayors exist in Germany. Do governors? Isn't that like almost the same thing? Wait. Mayor, I believe, is for a specific city or town, and governor should be basically the head of the state, right? So, like, for instance, um, the uh, governor of Florida is governor, uh, Republican, um, Ron DeSantis, right? You know, so that's how it is. Anyways, yeah, and in, in America, you don't. Well, I mean, you directly vote for the president, essentially. Well, technically, I believe, no, you do vote Joe Biden or Donald Trump. And then whichever one gets more, there's like a point system, which there also is in Germany. So I, there's actually quite a few similarities, but it's still different because you guys have states. But technically, we do too. Um, but they don't function as independently as the states and America. And then they're not as, like, dr changes as drastic as there are in America. You know, like, Texas is completely different from California, which is completely different from Hawaii, which is completely different from Alaska, which is completely different from Chicago, which is completely different from uh, Mississippi, which is completely different from... Alabama and Arkansas and so on, right? I mean, completely different states right there, for sure. It was completely different from Florida, of course. Um, I, that's not really the case in Germany. I mean, you got, technically, you got like 16 states. Um, if you want to call them states, but they're not really described as such. Well, Bundesstaaten, so... In a way, maybe, yeah. Um, but like I said, they don't function like their own countries, um, essentially, right? Which it seems like uh, is very much so in the, the case in the United States of America. Um, not completely, but, you know, in a way. I, and then the question, which is uh, the one that I want to do, should we all boycott the Qatar World Cup? Um that's the question right here, you know, and uh, my, my um, professor, um, she will not be the examiner, I, I like her, I really like her, I think she's terrific, she, um, she's actually Canadian by the way, uh, born and raised over there, um, but uh, anyways, uh, she, she actually came up with the question, she will not be my examiner simply for the reason of, you know, because we guys, we are going on vacation, my mom and I, um, on August 10th, and, uh, yeah, so it'll be one day after the final exam of mine, and we'll, we'll go away for like 12 days, um, but yeah, sh so, that the that so that's the reason why I actually wanted to take a early an early exam appointment. Uh, of course, it's nice so that it's like you don't have to worry about it later on, right? Coming around later on, you don't have to worry about that. I have it to be like, oh my gosh, it's still so like I still have 
to learn for this exam, which I have to like do in two months or in a month. No, you just want to have it gone so you can be at ease. So that's nice. But also because of the vacation thing. And of course, I don't want to learn while I'm on vacation. I don't want to be like, all right, I got to learn for that shit. You know, I don't want to be that, that way. No. I mean, who, who does that, right? Going on vacation, learning on vacation and then coming back. Like, it's just like your head is not free. So you want to do it before. And so that's why I kind of squished it in for July 26th. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's the story right there for that. So should we all boycott the Qatar World Cup? Um, that's um, interesting. That is very interesting. Uh, and that's the one that I want to pick. Um, let's actually uh, um, talk about the other ones first. How can traveling change a person? Well, somebody who plans on traveling seems like a pretty good idea. By the way, concerning the should we all boycott the Qatar World Cup question, I forgot to mention this. My uh, examiner, she she said uh, that not my examiner, sorry, my my professor, uh, not my examiner. No, uh, my professor, she told me that uh, it'll. Uh, she chose that question so because she wanted to have one for the boys. For the boys, right? Uh, actually, of course, really appreciate that. She doesn't know anything about football. She tried to like it, but it just didn't work. Um, there's some guy who just asked in the like English group, is somebody somewhere randomly in London and is bored like what kind of a question is that like just just what kind of a question is that like just relax what what you mean somebody in london that is a very awkward question to i don't know that's kind of weird what you you're just gonna want to like ask those strangers huh sorry that was a uh, a weird thing uh how can traveling change a person that's interesting it's very very interesting i have to say mm. well i mean for what i mean it has actually been proven that va that vacation vacations are good you know um you have, they free you they, they make you i think they add to life uh life quality Yes, because you're confronted with something new, something different, something to take your mind off of the, I don't know, struggles of daily life, essentially. Um, I think, yeah, I, I'm i not a big, like, I don't know. Um, when it comes to traveling, like, I don't mind being at home. I really don't. Um, it, it really depends on where you travel to. Because say, let's say you go to well, it, actually, it doesn't matter where you travel to. You're always gonna have to do research first, and there are certain, and you're gonna have to do extensive research, like a lot of research. Where can I go? Where should I not go? Like if you're going to LA, you do you should not go to Compton. Uh, there's also another area in, in LA that you really shouldn't go to. 
um, like as a tourist who knows, you know, like um, you, you should avoid those places essentially. Um, so I, I actually like I'm interested in what it looks like in Compton. So I would maybe like peek inside, peek into the street, be like, all right, so now I've seen it, <laughs> and then just move on uh, with my business. Uh, you know, I'm just interested, like, cause you know, you, you know, from the movies, like straight out of Compton, you got rappers talking about that shit, like they're, they're straight up from Compton and all that. I just think it's interesting, right? Um, yeah, I think that would be an interesting experience for sure. Then, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, where can I go? Where can I, like I said, LA, Compton is a no-go essentially for tourists who just plan on having a good time. You might not want to go to Compton for that, uh, unless you got like family. Um, also like another place, um, in LA, like I said, you should also not go to also, you should apparently not go to Venice Beach at night, like past like 8 p.m. or something like that. Apparently all the meth heads come out and deal with deal drugs and all sorts of stuff. Apparently it's quite bad over there at night, right? Around nighttime, which uh, that's quite a bit of a concern, I suppose. Then in L.A. there's a lot of uh, homeless shelters downtown. It's like, dude, they, they, this is like valuable information, right? Uh, prices are ridiculously high, of course. Traffic is a nightmare. Um, but you're essentially going to have to um, use public transportation because everything is so spread out in L.A. Uh, so it's going to take you a ridiculously long time to get from point A to B where it would usually only take you like 20 to 30 minutes and LA is going to take you like two to three hours. So you're going to have to take that into consideration. So, you know, the, like I said, these are just the things where I'm like, you gotta, you gotta look at those things. And this is just LA. LA is not like one of the most dangerous places in the world. No, it's not. I mean, it wouldn't like, I don't know. I guess Thailand might be more or China or Russia or in the Middle East, right? Um, the, there, I'm sure there are more dangerous places. North Korea, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, there, there are more dangerous places, quite frankly, you know? And like I said, if you want to go to a place, um, the thing is, how can traveling change a person? You're also taking life, uh, you, you're, you're gaining life experience. Uh, I think that's a very, really valuable thing. Um, because you're, you're confronted with, well, you get to meet up with new people, you know, you talk with them, um, you learn more about stuff. It's interesting, it's fun, you know? Um, you know, hearing where, where they're from, uh, just kind of hearing a little bit of their story, um, that's kind of a nice thing, you know, like meeting like, uh, vacation buddies or, you know, holiday buddies or whatever, I think that's a really, really cool thing for sure, um,
Yeah. And then also, I mean, sadly, some people have been through some traumatic stuff um, during vacation. That can also change a person's... Um, but it's also like whatever happens on vacation, because vacations don't always go the way you want them to go. Ultimately, you learn from them and you grow from them, you know, so you come out a more grown person, uh, somebody who hopefully is now a little more relieved or more stressed, depending on the vacation they've had. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's probably important because it's a nice change of pace. And you're getting to see new places, talking to people, seeing the beauty of the world. I think there's a wonderful thing to do, right? If you only go to one country every throughout every single vacation, right? It's kind of boring, I think, right? Um, that's why I'm like, all right, we're going again. We're going to this place, like. That's why I'm not like not too excited about the vacation, um, but I I know it's probably gonna do me some good. Probably, like we're gonna go to a hotel which has a gym, which I cannot wait to go to use. The, I cannot wait to use our gym, bro. Every single day, no exceptions, bro. Oh yeah, absolutely. No off days. Always working hard in the gym. Cause I, I'm just the, I'm the kind of person who really enjoys working out while I'm on vacation. I really enjoy that. Working out when I'm on vacation is one of the is one of the enjoyable life experiences. I gotta tell you, it's one of the most enjoyable things for me to do on vacation. It's wonderful. It really is. And that would actually be my very first time in a gym. <laughs> in a gym. That's right, my very first time in a gym at the age of 22. I'll be uh, 22, I'll turn uh, in August 2nd. So, on August 2nd, so. It's not that uh, long to go. It really isn't. And I think that's really cool. First time in a gym at the age of 22. How's that for a story, huh? No, I really... I'm look. I'm. I'm looking forward to to that part. It also has a pool. I'm looking forward to that too. Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting for sure. Uh, by the way, apparently I'm not getting a job. The you know, the, you guys remember the school thing when I basically applied for to become a um an assistant at an elementary school, uh, and I had my like little day there to see whether it would be something for me right well sadly it turns out that i am most likely not going to be able to work there because um you know well the principal basically said that she might not have it looks like that she's not going to be able to give me a job most likely, like 99% sure. Um, and she doesn't even know whether she can keep the ones she already has, the assistants. 
so she might actually have to lay off some of them because there's basically higher ups that give her the orders i guess you know you know how how every boss has a boss that's basically the situation so that's um i don't know that's unfortunate you know so now my uh um uh, i might go to a, like a high school basically it's, it's like a high school right um and do some damage there you know do, apply there possibly we'll see whether they actually have a, 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 um empty spot there if they don't have an empty spot there well 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 then i'm gonna most i would most likely well i wouldn't have a job there that's for sure I would look for a um, some work at Mercedes. That's right. Working in a Mercedes factory, doing some like tiring body work right there, you know, but making some good bit of money. They, they do they do pay you uh, quite well actually, Mercedes. So, but if it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be some heavy work for the for for the body. So I'm gonna, I've kind of tried working out again. I'm trying to get back in shape. But man, my body is feeling really heavy and tired. So I'm gonna really have to, I know that's how it goes, right? When you start off, it, that's the most difficult part, starting off, right? After a long time. Because, you know, you got to adapt yourself. you got to put your body in, into that rhythm again, into that position again. you got to get yourself fit again. It's the most difficult part. You know, no matter how much you weigh or what kind of condition you are in, if you haven't worked out in a while and you try to get back into it or to try to work out for the first time in your life, Wow, well, that's quite a task right there. That's going to be quite tough on you for sure. And it really doesn't matter whether you weigh 500 pounds or 200 pounds. It really doesn't matter. Um, now, you might not be able to do as much if you weigh 500 pounds, of course. But the, the point is still the same. It's going to be extremely difficult. And that's kind of what I'm going through right now. Um... Hopefully, I'm going to... Because, you know, when I get to... This is the thing that will happen. Uh, going to the hotel, right? To the gym. For the first time ever. I go to the gym. I work out. Everything hurts for the next, like, five days. So, I only got, like, four more days left. Heck, no. Everything's going to hurt for the rest of the vacation. I know my body. Right? I'm going to have sore muscles everywhere and it'll just be impossible. I'm going to be laying in bed like a dead fish. And that's going to, that will have been my vacation, you know. One day in the gym, then sleeping around like a dead fish. And then going back to Germany again. That's the vacation right there. So I, I got to get myself in shape here to an acceptable uh point essentially so that my body co doesn't completely break down over uh, there on vacation right uh because going to a, the gym then is a that's a different you know i mean come on now 
that's very different to your home workout. I don't have any like special freaking home equipment. I don't have any of that. We don't have any place for that. The apartment I'm in, you know, uh, it's not very big uh, at all. So, yeah, that that, that that's why. Uh, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I'm interested though how it's gonna play out. So yeah, but anyways, I would then maybe work on uh, a Mercedes if there's really no other. I, I don't want to work at like a supermarket, you know, because then all of a sudden I'm going to see all these guys who I like once knew. And it's just like, I don't want to see them. <laughs> I don't want to see them. No, there's a reason why I'm no longer in contact with you. So why would I want to see your face again? It's just like, no, I don't want to see that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. Not anymore. No. That was uh, an interesting conversation I just had. So, yeah. With myself, then the next question is, can gaming be a force for good? That's a very interesting question. Can gaming be a force for good? Well, um, there's actually... Yes, my answer to that question would absolutely be yes first of all the question is can gaming be a force for good absolutely um there's so many i mean so many things you could say about that question actually i could also really talk about that for sure so uh, the task is to talk about your topic for like five minutes and it's basically to warm you up and for the um uh, prof uh, the examiners to kind of see all right where is this person's english at you know what can they do how comfortable do they uh, feel in uh, talking english and uh, how yeah is the grammar good is the pronunciation good and all those sort of kind of things right and how just how, is, is that person confident in their english and all that sort of stuff right uh, can you articulate themselves very well or not? Uh, but yeah, can gaming be a force for good? Uh, my, yeah, absolutely. The answer to that, yes. Why? That's the next question, of course. Well, first of all, I think it needs to be stressed that, um, uh, gaming actually... Well, I mean, I guess the most obvious example that most people would mention when looking at such a question or when being confronted with that kind of question is, uh, there goes the ambulance. Um, well, it improves your finger skills. <laughs> that sort of argument, which is a weird thing to say, you know. That, that, that is indeed a weird thing to say. I have to say. I have to say. Uh, because it's like, alright, uh, what are you going to do with those finger skills? Oh yeah, I know, a bunch of perverts. I know exactly what to do with that. Alright, alright, let's not get nasty, alright? Um, but no, it is true though. It does make you a little flexible when it comes to your fingers, but it can also have you like, like get you cramps, right? I've had that too in, in, in my fingers. So I don't know, but 
that's that's one of the simple arguments, I guess. But let's actually get to some of the really um good arguments for why gaming can be a force for good. For instance, there's this um the the sidemen used to advertise this uh, and to give charity to this project. Um, I think it's called I think it was called Special Effect. You guys can look this up. Special Effect, I believe, is what it was called. I think so. And it was basically um, a project for the disabled um, that they would be allowed to or able to play video games. Now, I know a lot of people are thinking video games are not the most important thing. Uh, they shouldn't be at the top of the list. But I think a lot of us are really taking video games for granted because, I mean, we, I, I think most of us, uh, most of the people listening to this, play video games in some shape or form, whether it is on the PC or on the video game console or on your phone even, right? Even if it's just a simple game on your phone, it's still a video game. Um, so not having any of that and having never had, perhaps having never had any of that, I think having such a thing every once in a while, or perhaps even for the first time ever for such a person is a, is a truly magical experience, right? And what is so great about video games is that it is an, it provides an escapism people it, it lets you delve dive into a different world full of endless possibilities i mean you can do anything in video games you can fly you can drive a car that you could just crash into whatever at what kind of whatever kind of speeds and you're gonna be fine you can rob a bank and get have like five star five stars on you getting chased by cops and all that sort of stuff steal a fighter jet and all that and even if you get shot down you're gonna be fine because it's a video game it's not real so i think that is cool now also there's other um uses of games that um are good so for instance in learning how things work how certain things work like for instance if you plan on becoming a pilot you can uh, purchase a flight simulator and then very accurately turn on the switches and uh, fly I mean you can even buy yourself like a joystick for at home or a proper yoke alongside with a throttle and all that sort of stuff. You can even put on VR goggles so that when you look around the room, you actually look around within the video game. So it literally looks like you are in the plane, piloting it with a joystick, which you already have, and then the throttle, and then possibly also the rudder paddles. I think that's absolutely amazing. It's a truly immersive experience. And thanks to flight simulators, I genuinely believe that I could land a plane. And I also, thanks to train simulators, I also think I could indeed um, 
drive a train. That's right. Without those kind of video games, I would not be able to do that. Also, having the freedom of just drive around on a racing track, learning a racing track, I think that's cool, that's fun. It's also educational. There are educational uh, video games out there too. I mean, like I said, for instance, those kind of simulators, th those are pretty educational. But there's also other uh, um, ones like where you um, learn about the ecosystem, how to be a farmer, essentially like a farming simulator. Those, those exist too. I think there's tremendous um, um, things to learn there. Yeah, as somebody who has never been into farming, I don't, I don't know how any of that stuff works, you know. So I'm very much so a noob, <laughs> if you if you want to say so, um, when it comes to that sort of stuff. Uh, I mean, there's so many things to learn, right? But then just there's also this other one um, where I've seen this multiple times. Um, where you've had old people, right? Old people, and they've put on uh, VR goggles, and then they've like been on a roller coaster, for instance, right? With the VR goggles on, and it was an amazing experience for them. Or being in a different world where all of a sudden they see dinosaurs around them. Or uh, them driving a proper car, essentially. But in a video game because they're not able to do that in real life anymore because they're too old i've seen some truly amazing reactions from old people where they've all of a sudden started crying because it felt so authentic and it gave them something back that they've missed for so long i think that is such a beautiful thing so to answer the question can gaming be a force for good the, re the um, answer to, to that is absolutely. It also provides a tremendous amount of jobs for people. You know, I mean, you have platforms like Steam where anyone, even me, can just program my own video game and put it up on the platform Steam for people to buy. And now all of a sudden, I'm somebody who is selling my video game. And making money off of that. I mean, how cool is that without being employed by anybody? I mean, that is one of the coolest things ever. That is one of my... That has to be one of my favorite things about um, the, the this whole digitalization. Um, that is so awesome that you're actually able to, to work from home and do so many things. I think that's absolutely incredible. Who knows? Maybe I should do that instead of... Uh, working like if, if i can not find anything like that's one way to make some money uh i mean it's extremely time consuming i have to say uh and perhaps i would need a new pc for that also new programs and uh there's definitely some stuff <laughs> i would need to do but i it, i mean it just get, leaves you with um so many opportunities and options, 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 you know, and fact of the matter is you're still, you're always thinking, you're always thinking like possibilities, what can I do next? And that's one of my favorite things about the digitalized uh, world, actually, 
that you are left with so many opportunities to be creative. Um, also, one of my favorite things about video games in general, this is a very broad thing, but it, it, I've, I think it really does open up your horizon uh, to so many things. And it, 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 um, you can uh, let your curiosity just be, uh, you can let it free, you know, you can let it free while playing a video game, an open world game where you can explore the world, try out different things because you're curious, you want to know what happens, you want to have an experience and essentially, let's say video games don't have any other purpose other than just being fun, that's already a force for good, I think, because if something can give you joy without you hurting anybody, I think that's a tremendous thing. If, if something can truly make you happy and make you escape from all the horrors going on in the world, then I think that is one of the most profound and beautiful experiences in the world. And that's what gaming can do too. So there you go. Maybe some of you are taking, maybe some of you are going to my university and um, doing the language course oral exam this semester and don't know which question to take. You know what? Take some inspiration from those answers, all right? I, did, I mean, this was a much longer segment. I, I talked about this for like 15 minutes or something like that, um, which I'll only be able to talk about for like five minutes. Uh, but... I, it, there's a lot to say about that, you know. I think it's very, a very, very interesting topic, I have to say. School in the 2020s. Do we need a new curriculum? Oi. Um, that is interesting. Okay. So basically, should schools, uh, the identity of schools change, right? In other words. So should schools, because of the whole digitalized world that we live in and, um, you know, society changing, should school, should schools adapt and perhaps, um, move over to a digitalized world of like homeschool, um, yeah, homeschooling or whatever, should that be a thing? Um, I mean, in terms of do we need a new curriculum? Sure, adapt some things, right? Try to make it modern, a little more modern. Why not? But I really think that for the most part, in terms of the institution of schools, I, I don't think there should be much change um, because... Uh, one of the absolute striking points, one of the most brilliant and most beautiful points about school is the fact that you have social interaction, direct social interaction in person. You get to interact with so many people around your age group um, and 
that you know you you get to make friends you get to meet people with similar interests you get to learn to work with people who you usually would not work with you get to have so many different and interesting and fun experiences uh you learn to work for your goals um there's really a lot of things to positive things to take away from uh, going to school so I, and I think those things the, the institutions school should I think exist as a um, place you know as an aerial place not a temporal like oh yeah you gotta be at this time put your VR glasses on and enjoy this 45 minute video whatever no that's boring and that's terrible yeah so that that right there is my suggestion change it a little bit adapt some things you know don't ignore media don't ignore the help that you can get right instead of like going to a library you can just look something up online teach the students though that to look for good sources not to just look at iamright.com uh, but, but actually for, for them to make some proper good research and um, there, there's, there's, def there's definitely some good stuff that, that can be done there but overall I think schools as in the school building and going to school and interacting with friends and going on to like going to excursions right um, together and just enjoying yourself like that I think that's a terrific thing and it should be preserved at all costs. I really, I, I really do believe that for sure. Because that was literally... I, I was one of those people who actually were happy. Like, I, I happily went to school. Really. Genuinely. Um, because I got to see my friends every single day. That was wonderful. You know, the people I liked. The people I wanted to have a certain conversation with. Maybe something that happened, that has happened. Maybe I want to talk with my friend about something that that I'm uh, really into, right? So I'm like really excited to tell him about that in person, right? I mean, those things you could just... You just cannot take that away from curious little children. They're growing up uh, to become adults and... It's just so many benefits of school, you know, learning what somewhat learning what work is like, you know, you, you got to work for your goals, like get, get good grades to get good education, uh, to get a good work king, uh, place, right? Workplace um, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, yeah, sure. They could work you towards work better. A lot of people have criticized that. But at the end of the day, I think the institution of a school is good. Should be adapted a little bit for sure, but in the end, in the end, I think it's um, the way it is. For the most part, it should stay uh, that way. Teaching English pronunciation, lingua franca versus native speaker model. Ooh, okay, lingua franca. Now that is a term I haven't heard in a long time. And that, okay, it means a language that is adopted as a common language between speakers whose native languages are different. 
which means what? A language that is adopted as a common language between speakers whose native languages are different. The, nation, the national language of, Zam of Zambia is English, which also serves as the lingua franca common language, a mixture of Italian with French, Greek, Arabic, and Spanish formerly used in the Eastern Mediterranean. Uh, um, oh, okay, I think I know what it means. So, for instance, um, since the national language of Zambia is English, they have a different accent, like an African accent, right? Zambia should be in Africa. <laughs> I mean, let me not completely embarrass myself here. Exactly, okay. Um... Okay, but for instance, in school we would what learn um, British English most likely. Yeah, that's what you learn in school, uh, here in, in Germany at least the school that I went to and a lot of other schools also teach uh, British English. Um, okay, so does that mean if? Okay, so I I. I'm not sure I'm understanding this question correctly, which is also why I'm definitely not choosing that one, that's for sure. Um, but I think one way to understand this question is if you have a child in your class, in your English class, and they already know English from, say, because they are, let's just say they are from, I don't know, Zambia and she learned English at home, all right? Now, then, if you pronounce, naturally, they pronounce words, certain words, probably a lot of the words, maybe even all the words differently than, say, British speakers. But in school, you learn British English. And I think what this question kind of implies is that English teacher should respect um, different accents, different uh, versions of English, you know. Uh, I think that's kind of where this is going. Um, but I'm not sure about this one. I am not sure. Uh, I might have misunderstood it. And if I did, I apologize. Uh, I kind of find this a little bit of a weird question and I kind of doubt that anybody's gonna pick this one <laughs> I doubt it yeah I mean come on let me let me read this again teaching English pronunciation lingua franca versus native speaker model um, I mean another way to understand this question but I don't think that that's what what is meant here but let's just say it is is maybe um, because native speakers actually speak differently than what you learn at school like say even if you go to Britain let's say you go to London uh, well it actually matters a lot where you go to in Britain because they're so such different incredibly different pronunciations like a Liverpool Liverpool accent sounds completely Liverpool Accent sounds completely different to the accent in Manchester, uh, 
which sounds very um, different to the accent used in London. Uh, yeah, very, very different. And if you go to, if you go over to London, bruv, that's where you're going to hear a lot of people talk like this, right? Uh, yeah, fam. <laughs> that, that, that's basi basically the London accent. Uh, it's quite aggressive. Um, <laughs> but it sounds awesome and I love it. I think the London accent, that has to be one of the most awesome accents in the world or at least english accents i'm a big fan of the london accent i'm also a really big fan of the manchester accent i mean uh if you want to hear somebody from manchester actually talk well i'm gonna recommend you listening to the rapper uh i would recommend for you to listen to the rapper bugsy malone all right and you can see that his accent is very different to the traditional british accent so my point is if like which one should exactly be um taught should it be textbook english or actual native speakers from a certain region but that would have to be such a fixed region because you cannot say all of britain you're gonna yeah, I gotta have to say London. And even if you say London, you could say like, what? What about Queen's English, right? Like, uh, like, uh, you know, in order for you to sound very posh, right? Uh, and be very like, like you're having a drinking tea right now with milk in it, right? That That's certainly, like you're gonna have to make an, uh, a distinction between that. I hope I answered this question either with the first approach or the second approach, but <laughs> I kind of feel like both of them might have been wrong. So, I don't know. Let's just move on. Apparently, this is the final question, which is, living a sustainable life, can it be done? Uh, sustainable, I think I know what it means. Okay, the ability, oops, the ability to be maintained at a certain rate or level. Alright, so... Am I understanding this correctly? Hold on. Just to be just to be 100% in the clear here. And... Um, sustainable... Sustainable. Okay, what we got here? Haltbar, nachhaltig, zukunftsfähig. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, living, living a sustainable life. Can it be done? Um, well, I mean, naturally, you will age. So that's kind of impossible. Your body will stand in your way and you will be able to do less things less and less and less it'll just keep on getting less i mean no matter how healthy you live all of us all of us have a biological clock and that biological clock is inevitable 
you cannot cheat it and you will die at some point those are just you cannot change those things now also as you age at, at a certain point you peak and then when you're done peaking is all downhill from that point on I hope that I haven't peaked yet <laughs> because I already have a lot of allergies as it turns out unfortunately a lot of allergies have I told you guys this on the podcast already or not I don't know I did my test yeah a lot of allergies freak that was uh and apparently I should like do a three-year treatment in order not for me to develop like asthma for instance which that would suck for sure obviously um ah dude I don't know yeah but the thing is I plan on going over to San Diego in uh in less than two years so for six months actually so that whole thing of getting treatment that would be interrupted and I think it would be, have to be a regular three-year co- commitment so that's not gonna do the trick I don't know I'm gonna have to like ask him or whatever yeah well anyways um where, what, did I wanna, what did I want to talk about oh yeah of course you age uh, of course then you're able to do less and less and less also uh, you're gonna have to live in a country that continuously allows you to live a sustainable life like countries change laws change restrictions change quality of life changes um, the amount of money like the your money your money's worth changes as well it's uh it's tough i don't think no i I don't sustainable if i've understood it correctly it's basically like your life continuing in a like at a moderate at a decent level until the end of your days in general but your life like you will have problems it's just like it's just gonna happen right i don't know you can kind of live it for quite i don't like this question i don't like it because at the end of the day life has sustainable to me it sounds like well if you if you look at if if you um describe it as like future proof or future looking as in like uh, looking into the future right that kind of life if you if you if you're describing sustainable like that i don't know it's a weird question uh, i think i've kind of answered it that it really depends it really depends on your you know societal um conditions and oops ouch uh yeah and also, how the situation, how's the situation around you? Mental condition, health, uh, physical and mental health. There, there's so many things, really. Oh, that was long. 
I've talked for quite a bit. I think I'm going to wrap this up like really soon. Uh, I've talked about quite a few things. I've talked about a lot of topics. You got to give me some credit for this one, right? Come on. So yeah, I've talked about social media blessing or curse in the class, in the English classroom. Okay, let me talk. I haven't actually properly talked about it, um, as I just realized. Well, I have talked about what does it mean in today's world to defend democracy. Okay, I haven't talked about that one properly either. I'll do that. But I have talked about how can traveling change a person. I've talked about can gaming be for a force for good. I've talked about school in the 2020s. Do we need a new curriculum? I've talked about teaching English pronunciation. Lingua Franca versus native speaker model. And I've talked about living a sustainable life. Can it be done? All right, so let's talk about the last final two ones. Uh, I will not do the should we all boycott the Qatar World Cup um, topic today. I will not do it today. Uh, I might do it next week. As if that would make sense, like um, a couple of days before my exam, then basically running through my own topic. I think that would make a lot of sense. Uh, if I don't forget to talk about it, but I'll 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 um, go over, go through that in my head in in general. Anyways, I mean. I also don't really mind if I switch topics to say, can gaming be a force for good? You know, I don't mind doing that either. Um, but uh, social media, blessing, blessing or curse in the English classroom. Well, that's a that's an interesting thesis, an interesting question. Uh, it can be both. Say you have socials in class right now, right? And you want to, uh, you want to see, you know, say, let's say the, the teacher, your teacher says, all right, there's been a new law that's been passed today. And what are people saying about it how what's the what, what are people's reactions to this new law or to this new bill signed or whatever very very simple you type the keyword in or the keywords in on twitter boom you'll get people's reactions instantly and you'll get their raw raw emotional passionate reactions you know there's going to be a lot of negativity on there, but those are people's reactions. So for that, it can definitely be used for good in the English classroom. It can also be used for good in the sense that um, it, it can show that there are multiple, like slang, for instance, when talking about slang, how that is different from the common, say, British uh, standard English that uh, you're supposed to speak in school how l let's say when you go over when you actually go over to Britain or America or wherever that you will find certain other words used or other expressions like y'all or sus <laughs> or um, I don't know uh, 
Okay, I cannot say that word. I want to say motherfucker, but I can. I'm actually like pretending, like imagining, like I'm actually standing in front of the examiners, which is really interesting. Like usually, that's not a podcast thing, but I don't care. Like this is personal therapy, anyways, for me. You know, so it actually really doesn't matter if you're listening or not. <laughs> um, no, I would appreciate you listening though, because I think this is entertaining. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old. Even though I'm 21, turning 22. How the years fly by. Uh, what was I talking about again? <laughs> oh yeah, of course, the, the slang words. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, don't say the N word in the classroom. That's for sure. Uh, don't don't drop the F bomb. You don't want to do that either. Uh, I don't know why am I being like so uptight now. What well, AF? Like as fuck. Oh, that, that's the F. That's the F problem. Just, I've just realized. Or I've like also learned the new expression ASL. That's the weirdest thing ever. Apparently, ASL, if you write it like that, means as hell. Which is the dumbest shit ever. Because. What the heck? Why does. Why exactly does ASL mean as hell? Why is it not ASH? Is it because then people would read it as ash? Who the fuck is ash? Uh, <laughs> who the fuck is ash? Or is it because like people would like, oh my gosh, you've spread my ash. Well, it would be ashes. But whatever, I don't know. It's kind of weird to me. Uh, ASL means as hell. Dumb as shit, if you ask me, honestly. Um, then there's also, of course, one of my favorite ones, actually. SMH, of course, means shaking my head, right? WTF. What the frick? Or what the freak, right? I kind of, I, I really enjoy the impression, the expression freak and freaking. Uh, I think that's a... Nice way of not cursing. I don't think that's cursing. I think that's actually a replacement, right? Like this freaking woman, instead of saying this fucking woman, this freaking woman, it soften, it softens it a little bit, makes it a little more PG, I think. And um, yeah, it's not like you're saying freaky either. You just say like this flipping freaking woman. I, I think that's okay to personally. It's like it's most definitely better than saying, "Oh, this fucking woman right here," you know. <laughs> Especially saying it like that. That that's uh, that's not that's not very uh, gentlemanlike, I suppose. Um, yeah, so certain like social media um, sayings that you just would never learn in the English classroom. That I think would be positive as well. Um. Now, it can definitely be a curse in the sense that people, like students, would constantly be on social media, which a lot of them are sadly doing that, like while in class, um, even if they're not allowed to be on their phones, they'll still find a way. I, I as a student, have seen all kinds of crazy shit, like, um, uh, what's, what's, uh, what's, what's this called, um. Ah, okay. Hold on. What's it called? See, that's the that's the um, 
advantage of me having been at school during this time. Oh yeah, I've seen all kinds of crazy shit with the people on their phones. I've seen um, people put their phones uh, on their into their pencil case. Yeah, and then casually get away with it. Or people put their phones uh, on the, the chair between their legs. And then while the teacher comes, they, they would just put their legs over the phone so that they wouldn't see it. It's just like, it's very criminal right there. Or people putting their phone into um, school bags and all that. I do got to tell you though, now that I've seen all this shit as a student myself, I'm going to be... I'm going to be like a hawk. I'm telling you, I'm going to be like an eagle looking at these people. I'm going to be like, if you look down like that, I know you're doing some shit. But I'm coming right over there. I'm going to tell you, show me your phone. Stand up right now. Show me your phone, huh? Take that phone away from you. The fuck while I'm talking. Oh, I cannot curse. <laughs> no, I wouldn't curse. And I wouldn't come out of, come along with that attitude. But you got to be the... Uh, the person with with authority, all right? And I would say, because I'm a nice guy, right? I would say, I will take this phone and I'll put it onto my desk and then at the end of the lesson, you get it back. The reason why I'm taking your phone for now is because I want you to listen to me, all right? I want you to listen to me. Don't worry, I will give it back to you at the end of this lesson, but I want you to listen to me as I'm talking. Because I find it very impolite, impolite that you're not listening to me, but being on your phone. I'm not being malicious or vicious towards you. I just want you to listen to me because I don't want them to like to have to answer questions that I've already answered. If you had just listened to me, then you would have gotten it and you wouldn't have answered, uh, freaking asked the question. Yes, I know questions are good. But questions are really good if you've listened to what I was saying. Then if you don't listen, like, why am I even entertaining you? Are you not entertained? <sighs> yeah, that's kind of my <laughs> comment on that. I think that was very interesting. So overall, is it a blessing or a curse? Social media specifically, mm, you got to be careful with it because... There's a severe obsession that sadly young people, but now also older people, unfortunately, have with their phones. They are obsessed. They are absolutely obsessed with their phones, man. And it doesn't matter what they're doing. If they're checking, checking their mails, if they're checking their, uh, like, WhatsApp, or, or, or they, they want to take pictures, or they want to look something up, or they want to talk to people, call them. Watch a video, watch a movie, watch a show, listen to some music. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. They're obsessed with it. I mean, I'm right now, I'm actually recording this from my phone. So I'm like part of the problem in, in a way. But I don't really consider myself a phone addict because, for instance, when I'm driving the car, that phone is not to be touched. I take this shit seriously, you know? 
and I always get really upset. You like if you want me to road rage, you're gonna see. You're gonna like, dude. Maybe I should do that like at some point, right? Me just driving around, getting upset at people and just screaming, just being like, "You fucking piece of shit!" You know? <laughs> that would be some hilarious YouTube content right there. Maybe I should like bring my my friend along with me. And uh, me just driving around and just getting upset at people and just screaming, right? That would be hilarious. It really would. Absolutely. Oh, dude, that's a brilliant idea. I've actually seen that Bill Burr do that. And I thought it was hella entertaining. I was like, I could do that. Absolutely. Um, oh, that, that right there is a... Is, uh, Perhaps a thing I really should do. And I don't really think anybody is going to steal my idea now. Because uh, who's listening now at this point, right? I mean, give me a break. Right? Exactly. Give me a freaking break. Uh, yeah, so that's the, <laughs> that's the classroom topic done, I think. Oh, no, I've closed one of the tabs. Oh, what was the last one again? I'm gonna have to love myself. Ah, oh, this is so ah oh, so annoying. I apologize. I really do. I accidentally, I accidentally closed the tab. Closed the tab. That is upsetting. Don't worry, I'm already logged in again. Okay. So looking at the questions again. Got some interesting ones. Uh, yeah, what does it mean in today's world to live to defend democracy? Oof. Um, well, I did talk about multiple democratic institutions. Well, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what defending democracy means is to abide by the constitution and to make sure that. People's rights are, um, I guess, preserved, right? That um, um, uh, nobody gets, um, nobody's rights get violated, that people are treated equally, they have equal opportunity, as much as that's possible, because actually that's very difficult, because people are naturally going to have less opportunity based on their income status and on their living conditions. Unfortunately, not everybody is treated equally. I don't know the solution to that problem, though. That is an extremely difficult, difficult issue um, to solve. I don't know whether it can even be solved. I mean, only thing I would think is like communism, and that doesn't work, that's for sure. Right? Everybody earning the exact same amount. For however, like however, like no, no matter how much they work and what what they work, uh, I don't know, they get the exact same amount of money. But even that wouldn't solve everything. No, because naturally you're just gonna have some rich people. I mean, yeah, you you have to because the state. I don't know, couldn't it possibly work? 
This is a, an interesting subject matter uh, to discuss that, that, that could be discussed with Cedric. If everybody, um, if everybody works, um, even if like the president and all the other politicians and all the other citizens in that country only make around, I don't know, $500 a month in their own currency, right? With their own cur currency. First of all, there will be no inflation because if you only make it, f if everything is only like for people who have like 500 um, dollars a month, that means it's, your currency is very rare. It's even if the, pre like if the president actually only has like $500 a month, that's amazing, right? That really means that your currency is worth so incredibly much. It's ridiculous how much it's worth. So that's great. Um, now, of course, in a realistic world, this wouldn't exactly happen. Um, I'm kind of drifting off from the questions question here, but I think this is a fascinating thing to think about. So I'm going to just get along with it. Um, and if everybody made the exact same amount of money, if that truly were the case, and if there was truly no corruption in the state, so you'd have to have awesome citizens, no crime. This is a utopian world, by the way. This is like, uh, I'm really reaching here. I'm very well aware of that. Um, by the way, today we had like, pronouns in freaking English uh, class which was interesting to have that and apparently back even back in the, like the 17th or eight, no 18th century you had the idea of they being a singular form to describe people which I didn't know that that was the case and him as the uh, the, the professor as him being a linguistic professor he welcomed the idea of more pronouns uh, because that's how it's always been. Always new pronouns. That there used to be apparently like an expression of he, what was it? He and he, 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 he. I think. Well, I think that's what it was. And that one used to be male and the other one female, but they were pronounced the exact same way that nobody knew what they were talking, who they were talking about. So that's kind of funny. But I get it from a linguistic point of view that you wouldn't have anything against like all these pronouns because it's a, a change of language. And also what he said that some pronouns would then also get eliminated because they wouldn't be used and they would kind of cancel each other out, which I can also see that being the case. Um, I don't know. That, that's an interesting topic to, to talk about, but uh, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that now. I just wanted to address it that we've actually talked about that in English class, which is a thing that really surprised me today, actually. It's like, we're really talking about this now? Like, you're trying to get people cancelled here, man? And uh, it was definitely kind of an awkward silence uh, quite a bit of the time. It's like, because, you know, liberals and uh, conservatives feel so very differently about these things. Uh... I mean, it's not as bad in Germany, I don't think. 
I'm not sure how much they're connected. Like generally speaking, German students, uh, when it comes to like LGBTQ plus community on Twitter, whether they're following that sort of stuff, I'm not sure. Uh, from my experience, that's not really the case. So I don't know. It's an interesting thing, but at the end of the day, <sighs> that's a lot of talking. Um. I don't know. Why did I? Why did I even get off to that? Oh yeah, for the perfect living conditions, right? The perfect living conditions. If everybody made the exact same amount of money, that would work. The currency would be very strong. But the fact of the matter is, people are flawed. People are not perfect. People are hungry for more power. There are people who are corrupt. And want to have more than others. That is why communism doesn't work. But the idea of communism in a perfect world is terrific. But it just doesn't work because people are flawed. I think that is kind of the conclusion that you come up, can um, come up with when it comes to communism. That's kind of my um, look at it. It's a really fascinating conversation today. I want to give myself some credit here, right? Come on now. Kind of proud of myself there. Uh, yeah, and in today's world, what does it mean to defend democracy? Well, to, to abide by the Constitution, I think that that for one. Secondly, um, like I said, to make sure that people, like even if it's not in the Constitution, which that kind of sucks if that's not in there, but to basically take care of people, that, that um, people are... Uh, taken care of that they have equal opportunity as, as much as that's possible right um but that they're not like uh, in a worse state uh because of their color race um origin whatever religion all that sort of stuff you know that, that's also very important for democracy um I also think like in order to really defend democracy, you need to have a low crime rate. You really need to minimize the crime rate because if you have a lot of crime, crime usually happens when people are not happy with something. If people were super happy, why commit crime? Like clearly those people are upset with, with something, right? Like something went wrong for them. Something that is not working the way it should be working out for them is happening because that is exactly why they're doing crime. Because otherwise, no human being would usually just be like, all right, I want to rob a bank and risk going to prison for, I don't know, possibly the rest of my life. Like, because when you commit a crime, there's, of course, a... a um, a punishment and there's a, a risk of getting that punishment there's a legitimately higher risk of receiving that punishment actually so there really has to be some legitimate reason there for you to take that like life risk essentially for you to commit that crime and there's that there has to be something in the system, in the political system, right? 
uh, that, that you are upset with. So in order for the for democracy to be super strong, you need everybody involved to be um, content with the system and to be happy about it and to be to uh, be willing to work along with the democratic system, right? And if you have that, that is a sign for a great and truly strong democracy. Now, how do you defend that democracy? Uh, well, you do need law and order, right? <clears throat> I don't think that's a crazy thought, you know, law. I think the term law and order, I think Donald Trump once used it and then the media kind of, I don't know, it's, it sounded like what he sa said was a bad thing. That's kind of what they ma made it out to be. I don't really think that's the, I don't think that's the, if you just suggest law and order, I mean, a, a freaking TV show is called law and order. Law means the law. And order means that there's order, which means is the opposite to chaos. So I don't see how law and order is a bad thing. I, I kind of, the reason I'm saying this is because I've kind of gotten under the impression that it was taken as such as being a bad thing, which, which I'm really like struggling to understand how that's a bad thing. But, uh, the way I understand the term, it's a good thing. So law and order should be a thing uh, in democracy. So there should be police. There should be surveillance cameras, right? Uh, Singapore has really figured that out uh, with, with all of these surveillance cameras going around um, really everywhere. And um, punishments are are like tough punishments in, in Singapore, but, but they have the lowest crime rate in the entire world. I believe they're the, the, the safest country in the world, actually. So, you know, good on you, Singapore. You, you guys, are you guys are crushing it really. So that, that's very interesting. Uh, the very, very interesting, um, defending democracy. Yeah, well, you're going to have to have a well, a Supreme Court-ish or a, a justice system um, that are not corruptible, um, that truly abide by the Constitution and that they truly care about that, about um, abiding by the rules, right? And uh, for them to truly dedicate their life to serving the constitution which is really what it is and there always needs to be that level of respect inside the government to to trust and, uh, the judges and to always abide by the constitution defending democracy it's not a process that just one person can do everybody needs to be in on it because that that's what democracy is all about it's a process of everybody involved with all different kinds of voices, but you eventually essentially meet a common ground for the greater good of everybody, right? But it's people voting for stuff. So, yeah, you, you also need to, in order for you to have a strong democracy, you need to give people, you know, 
the people uh, the sense of relevancy. You need to make them feel like they actually matter, like the government actually cares about them. You gotta give people that sense of security. Um, so, you know, in order for you to um, be kind of quote unquote um, cool proof, you know, a coup, you, that's the, probably the last thing you want to have if you're any kind of government um, or, a, or a capital riot like you had on January 6th last year. Which I mean, those those um, those are some really interesting uh, hearings that are going on. I don't know how this situation is gonna play out. Whether Donald Trump is gonna have to serve time in prison, do time in prison, I have no idea what's gonna happen. Uh, I, I I don't see it happening. He has a lot of money, and quite frankly, money. Uh, you know. Money runs the world, and uh, he, he could buy himself out. He really could. If he says, like, $100 million, I'll pay $100 million but not go to jail. But, but the, the big question is also, will Trump be able to run again for president? president? Maybe they, he'll be shut out of that because of January 6th. And because he, he'd be viewed as a threat to national security, which... Yeah, yeah, rightfully so. If you freaking, uh, you know, inspire your supporters to do such a thing, very much so in your name, that's some Hitler shit right there. You know, that's some Hitler shit right there. I, I gotta be honest with you. You know that that's that's not exactly acting in the interest of the country. And it act most definitely not acting in the interest of uh, of um, defending democracy. That is blasphemy right there. That is insane. So yeah, I think that's enough. <laughs> Don't you guys think so too? I think so. Ninety minutes of beautiful talking. So great, great topics here, man. I'm glad that I've talked about all these things as they've kind of given me a um. I don't know. It made it all kind of rounded. I've gotten to talk about a lot of topics that I've really had a great time talking about. And, um, yeah, we'll see in terms of, like, job and whatever. Uh, but uh, great topics, I have to say. Oh, yeah, preparing for the exams. I've kind of, uh, I guess, prepared talking and speaking some English, right? That That's kind of preparation for an oral exam where they, they care a lot about your pronunciation, your English in general. Yeah, alright, everybody, thank you so much for listening, if you've really listened to, uh, to the entire thing, appreciate it, truly, tremendously, alright, everybody please stay safe, take care, and wear a condom.